listening to The Fret Files, the Guitar Workshop Podcast with Eric Daw. To participate in the show, go to my website, ericdaw.com. That's E-R-I-C-D-A-W dot com. Click on the contact link and submit your question or comment there. I'll use it as part of the show. The other way to do it is to call or text 757-774-8482. Leave your voicemail there and I'll use that as part of the show. And now, the Fret Files Podcast. It is the Fret Files Podcast. My name is Eric Daw, your guitar scientist with over 20 years of experience building and repairing guitars. This is a podcast about guitar repair, guitar building, guitar news, guitar science, and guitar opinions. Sitting beside me is my lovely wife and co-host, Melissa. This is a question and answer episode where we will respond to listener-submitted emails. I am going to read the questions, and Eric is going to try to answer them. That's right. I don't think we have any calls today either. Just wowie wow. Just emails. If you want to call the show and submit a question, we would love it if you would do that. It's 757-774-8482. You can call or text that number. Right on. Mm-hmm. What's new with you? Uh oh, I started on some broadca- broadcaster strap replicas today. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That looks, they're looking really good. Thanks. It took me a few days to figure out the perfect color. I had to mix a bunch of dye and test. Because, you know, once you dye it, it's dark, and then it dries and it's light, and then you oil it and it's dark again. Hmm. And so it's a... It takes a while before you can really hone in on the so color. So it lightens after it dries? That's correct. Oh. A lot of things I deal with darken. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, you like use filler or something, and then when you go to paint it, it darkens. Huh. Yeah. When you dye, when you put dye on, well, it's like, you know, having your hair wet. When when the dye is wet, it's really it's dark. dark. Oh, and then when yeah. it dries, it, it gets light. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. We have a lot of great questions this month. We have questions about uh, glue. We've got questions about pickups. We've got questions about oh, all kinds of good things. Bridge problems. Sweet. Warping in the top. How to relic things. Oh. Uh, paint spraying systems. Cool. You know, guitar polish. Fascinating. I know. Great questions. So... We'll get into that in a moment. There's, I've been working on a lot of things. One thing we've been working on is T-shirts. And we finally have Fret Files T-shirts, and they're available for sale. If you'd like to buy one, you can just go right to fretfiles.com. There's a link there in the menu that says T-shirts. You click that. It will actually take you over to Melissa's Etsy site where she sells all of her leather goods and yep. other things. But the T-shirts are right there. Yep, and if for you purchase. if you want to go directly, you can go to melco dot melcoleather dot etsy dot com, and that'll take you there. 
the other thing, you know, I'm not normally the kind of guy to do this. Okay. But y'all have been nagging me about it. How can we donate to the podcast? So I put a donate button on fretfiles.com. Wow. So if you if you really want to donate a buck or buy us a cup of coffee or you know basically it's just to help with um uh, hosting and storage and domain yeah. you know all the the expenses that go into doing this podcast. Yeah. And it's free. It's free to you. If only right? you could donate energy cuz that's what, what I need. That? What does that mean? I need oh. more energy. Right. I'm exhausted all the time. So there is a donate button at fretfiles.com, and there's also now a T-shirts button. You can click the button. It'll take you right to T-shirts. But not only are you getting a Fret Files T-shirt, but you're getting a Fret Files T-shirt that we made. Yeah. We made the silkscreen. We silkscreened the... Actually, you... Yeah, I was going to say, no, we didn't make this. My, my stepmom is one of those... Uh, she's like the original goth kids in the 80s. She's a DIY goddess. She is, is what amazing. She is. Yeah. Anyway, she made the screen for us. She made the screen. But we printed the shirts. We screen printed them. And uh, it was fun. So there's also, if you're interested in in these, Melco leather t-shirts and mm-hmm. pinup custom guitars t-shirts mm-hmm. available too. But uh, yeah, so there's t-shirts available. Cool. That's That's one new thing. It's almost like we're a real podcast now. Yeah, we have shirts and everything. Pretty exciting. And, of course, stickers. So, yeah. Uh, there's fretfiles.com. I put a link. You know, it seemed like it was... People were confused about how to buy stickers. People talked about it. Nobody ever bought them. And I was getting emails from guys saying, Hey, I'll buy some stickers. And they, then they never did. Ah. Like they were saying... You know, hey, I'm, please sell me some stickers. Apparently, it wasn't obvious enough. Okay. So, so I put a link, at the again, at the top of fretfiles.com. There's a menu up there, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, there's a link for t-shirts. There's a link for stickers. Huh. So there you go. Cool. Yeah, there absolutely. Uh, I've been working on a lot of nice things lately. I got the craziest resonator in my shop right now it i think it's a harmony made resonator because it has kind of a harmony marking in there it says s40 which -hmm. would mean like summer of 1940 or i think s means second half of the year they did f and s i think f is first half of the year and s is second half of the year which is a weird system but and then the year, which is 40, so it's a 1940 resonator made by Harmony, and on the cover plate for the cone, it says, licensed by uh, National Dobro. Really? Yeah, and I'd never seen a licensed Dobro, so it's like a knockoff National made by Harmony that's, they paid some kind of license to... To get the patent? Yeah, to use the... To- Use the design? Yeah, it's interesting. I'll have to post a picture of it. It's crazy. Well, actually, I I put it on my Instagram today. I took a picture of it and Mm. put it on my Instagram today. So, cool. I'm at Eric Daw Custom Guitars. I've been, oh, I'm finishing up the 50 Broadcaster restoration. Esquire? Yeah, I'm sorry, Esquire. I keep thinking of it as a broadcaster because 
it kind of is, a single yeah. pickup broadcaster. Right. Beautiful guitar. I ended up finishing it twice. That's what's taken me so long. And the reason I did that is I, I, I got it sprayed. Mm-hmm. I got color on it, and I sprayed it, and I just didn't like how it looked. The grain on that guitar is so subtle and so slight that you just couldn't see, even though I had a completely translucent, you know, finish, Uh the grain wasn't popping through. The grain wasn't showing through like it should. Right. So I thought, all right. So I took the finish off, Mm -hmm. really stripped it down to bare wood, and redid the pore filler with a dark pore filler so that it would fill all the pores and it would accentuate the grain. And boy, did it work. It looks so much better. I'm glad, you know, it's took me, it's taken me a lot of extra time, but I'd rather, I only wanted, you know, I'd rather do it twice and have it, have the finish look right. Right. That would have, yeah. Because that would have bothered me the rest of my life. Right. But now it really looks right. Cool. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to look really nice. I talked to the owner of the guitar and he wants... He wants it to look pretty new. He doesn't really want much in the way of aging, huh. which uh, that's fine. Yeah. So, do you have an ETA on it? Oh, uh, is cu- it couple be... couple weeks? I don't know. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm just finishing up spraying it, and then I want the paint's got to cure for at least a week, and then I'm going to have to reassemble it. So maybe three weeks. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. What about that, uh, you have a Les Paul Jr. you're re- restoring too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's turning out really nice. That's such a strange sunburst. It's the only, I think, it's the only Gibson vintage, you know, sub- sunburst where the middle is like a solid color. It's like a solid yellow. Yeah. Very a st- strange. It's a really a strange sunburst, but it tur- it's turning out great. I just, I've seen a hundred of them and... Yeah. And uh and went from memory and a lot of pictures I looked up online and to try to get the color right and man it looks fabulous. I'm happy about that one. I only had to finish that one once. Well, that's pretty that's good. That's kind of handy. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Anyhow. Nice that's work. W- that's what's going on around here. Cool. Shall we take some uh some emails here? Yeah, let's do it. A few months ago, I acquired a valuable old Gibson in its original beat-up case, and after sticking my phone through the sound hole to take pictures of the bracing, I noticed lots of dark green specks that look like mold, which freaks me out. What should I do about it? I'm currently quarantining the guitar away from my others, but do I wipe the insides down with Lysol? Toss the original case? Help! Thanks. Love the show. Ty. Thanks, Ty. You know, I'm, I guess I'm just so old school that I got stuck because you said, after sticking my phone through the sound hole, and I was picturing you taking like a... <laughs> like a rotary like phone. A, like, a, like a phone, like a handset, <laughs> and sticking it through the sound hole. And I'm imagining him doing this, and I'm thinking, you know... Why did you, why were you doing that? 
After the obvious first yeah. thing everybody does when they get the guitar home is yeah. stick a phone through the right. sound hole. Hey, it's 2019, Mr. Duh. I know. It just cracked me up. So did did he have a light on there? Or is he uh, He's taking taken a, a video or a picture, yeah. Wow. He, yeah, it says he just stuck his phone through the sound hole to take pictures of the bracing. I took... There ain't nothing weird about that. After sticking my phone through the sound hole... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's just the most insane thing I've ever heard anybody say, but I guess that's what everybody does. <laughs> that's they what every, you're the only person that does not do that. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, you know, I'm from an era where we used phones to talk to people and oh my we used God. used cameras to Will you please take just pictures. answer the mold question? I would, except I don't have anything to say. Ty, I'm filibustering because I don't know how to answer your question. I'm not a mold specialist. I'm I'm a guitar repair guy, so I don't I don't I honestly don't know. I honestly I honestly don't know what to tell you. I would be tempted to maybe wipe it down with a slight bleach solution and then dry it real quick. Maybe stick a hair dryer in there and dry it real quick. I don't know. I honestly don't know. What would you do if there were mold in your guitar? Are you asking me? Yes, I'm asking you. I would definitely clean it. I'd get in there with some some sort of bleach and make sure that I'm not getting too much liquid in there. He sent me some pictures, and it's not terrible. Well, it's if not it's bad. not terrible, well, I bet not, a Lysol wipe would clean it right up. It's not good either. I well, mean, and if I mean, he said he's asking if he should toss the original case. Is the is the case moldy? Because that's. That's a big problem. A valuable old Gibson in its original beat-up case. No, don't toss the case. Where does Ty live? Did he say? He doesn't say. Okay, if you live at the North Pole, this is not going to work. But if you're somewhere maybe equatorial, you know, I don't know. If you're somewhere where it gets warm, stick it out in the sun. Stick the case in the sun. Let the, mm. let the sun take care Solarize of it. Solarize the, the rays of... The solar radiation shall uh, neutralize with, you know... Yeah, gamma in the. Uh-huh. I don't know, Ty. I, I here's the deal. This is a widely listened to podcast for some reason. If anybody out there listening has any ideas for Ty and his moldy guitar, I really don't know what to tell you, Ty. Um, so if any listeners or uh, mold specialists or guitar mold specialists, that's me. If anybody has any suggestions or any recommendations for Ty, pass it along to us and we shall um, proclaim it on the next episode. Cool. Thanks, Ty. Good luck, Ty. Hi, Eric and Melissa. I've recently discovered your podcast and I've really been enjoying it. I'm slowly working through my first serious build, a 12-fret cherry dreadnought, mostly based on a pre-war D28. My question is a follow-up to some of the previous questions you have received on glue. I plan to use a bolt-on tenoned neck joint, so I'm Mm -hmm. good to go there, Mm -hmm. but I'm wondering about glue for the bridge. Mm -hmm. I've heard you and others that I would respect and trust say that hide glue is acoustically way better than PVA for critical areas like the bridge. That makes sense, but I've never worked with hide glue before, and I'm pretty intimidated by it. It seems pretty finicky to work with, plus I'm on a fairly tight budget, so I'm not really excited about the prospect of having to get the glue pot set up. Yeah. 
My question is, what is your opinion of fish glue? I've heard some say that it has many of the same benefits of hide glue, but it doesn't require the glue pot. Would that be an acceptable substitute or should I just bite the bullet and delve into hide glue? My other related concern is that I live in Alabama, where we have brutal Gulf Coast humidity in the summers. Would hide glue or fish glue hold up as well as PVA in 90 degree heat with 1000% humidity? Thanks for the, taking the time to read my question, hmm. Will. Yeah. No problem, Will. Thank you. Have you tried sticking your phone in your guitar? Because a lot of listeners find that to be helpful. Uh, I um, Absolutely, I prefer hide glue, you know? And there's no reason to be intimidated by it. It's Except it, that it's really hard to work with. It's really not, if once you just experiment with it a little bit, it needs to be used at a certain temperature. That's the only thing that's finicky about it, and you have to work much faster than you would with PVA glue or tight bond. Um, so, you know, with something like a bridge or an X-set, you know, it, working working fast is is sometimes a bit of a challenge, but... Do a dry run, right? You clamp it up and get every, you know, clamp it without any glue and get it all set up and, okay, this is how I'm going to clamp it and this is what's going to happen. And then you've got all your clamps, you've got everything ready to go. You can heat up the bridge. That helps uh, to keep the, it gives you more time, you know. How do you heat up a bridge, though? Uh, A heat gun. uh, You know, any, there's, I've got a little... You know what I use is a, an old fridge defroster. Nice. Yeah, it looks like a it's like a crazy waffle iron thing that people used to stick in their freezer to defrost it. And it's just a heating element inside a little cage with legs. And I'll put a, the bridge on top of that with it plugged in, and it puts out some serious heat, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to get the bridge hot. That helps. It gives It buys you more time. So hide glue, you generally want to use it in the 145 to 150 degree range. And your glue pot doesn't need to be expensive. You know, I see online, these companies are selling glue pot. And it's, you know, some $300, it's a special pot for glue. No, you don't need that. You know, those, uh, you know, those crazy like candle warmers, uh-huh. those generally run the same temperature because they're they're melting wax. Right. They're 145, 150 degrees. You know, you want to get something to monitor the temperature, but I you can use an old Fry Daddy that you got from the thrift store that has an adjustable temperature. You can use all kinds of things. Get creative. I mean, seriously, there's no reason to go spend $300 on a glue pot. Hmm. It's just a a pot with an adjustable thermostat. There's a hundred different kinds that we use for cooking. Um, there's no reason to, you know, it's it's really easy to, <laughs> it's just really easy to to do it without having to buy something that says glue pot on the side. So when when I've seen yours too, you mm-hmm. put water in the 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 thing and then put a a little jar, a jar of in hide the, glue. Yeah. Is that how you're supposed to do it? That's how I do it to keep the temperature stable. So 
mine is actually a little, uh, I guess it's made for melting wax for beauty salons or something. They dip their hands in wax or something. Is that what they do? I've never been to a beauty salon. Can you tell me? I don't know. For some reason down at the beauty salon, they're heating up wax. I don't know why they're doing this, but they are. Maybe for waxing like eyebrows and legs and stuff. No idea. That's probably why. I really don't know. I could not tell you, but, um, it has an adjustable thermostat and you can buy them online for 30 bucks. There you go. And what I do, it just comes with a little tiny, it looks like a little pot that you would cook rice in, Mm -hmm. except it holds about, I don't know, three cups of water. So I put marbles in the bottom. Mm -hmm. I fill it up halfway with water. And then I put a glass jar in there with my hide glue mixed with water. When you buy hide glue, it's in dry, like pellets. No, it's like pellets. I think it's, they call it dry ground hide glue. Delicious. Uh, yeah, I get my hide glue from uh, uh, Stuart McDonald. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I get all my hide glue from Sharper Image. You do not. Uh, what about fish glue? Oh, yeah, so that was the other part of his question. Um, yeah, we've talked about fish glue before. Some people s- say that it is really good stuff and that it's like hide glue, except you can use it at room temperature. But I don't ever use it. And the reason I don't ever use it is because a very respected luthier who uh, uh, is probably one of the greatest luthiers in the world right now, T.J. Thompson, Whoa. Uh, he tried making guitars out of fish glue and ended up having to redo every glue joint on the guitar years later hmm. because the fish glue was failing. And he said he would never, ever use fish glue again. I'm going to take his mistake and learn from that and not have to mess around with it. I'm not going to use fish glue. Yeah. Because hide glue, I don't need a better glue. I don't need a better solution. It is the solution. It's perfect. So good. Okay, what about in 90 degree heat with 10,000% humidity? Well, I'm more worried about your guitar than your glue. That's a good point. You make an excellent point. Uh, You're going to end up with Ty's problem with the moldy, the mold stuff, man. So, um, no, yeah, the hide glue should be, the hide glue, (laughs) the the wood is going to get damaged way before your glue is in. We should just make an entire guitar out of hide glue. There you go. That's a good idea. Thanks, Will. Hi, Eric. I ordered a custom pickup from another pickup builder. Sorry. <laughs> and what I ordered was a custom-made P90 that measures 8K. What I got was a pickup that measured 7.8K. Is that within the acceptable tolerance, or should I complain? Call me obsessive, but I really wanted an 8K P90. What would you do? <laughs> That's from Jeremy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Jeremy, I w- here's the deal. I wouldn't worry about it, and I'll tell you why. When he wound that, it probably read 8K. You know, if you measure it on a hot day, Whoa. temperature affects um, the reading you'll get so much. You know, I can wind a pickup to 8K and then stick it in my wax pot and heat it 
you know, it's getting heated with wax. And uh, when I pull it out of that wax pot, I'll I'll put my um, meter on it, mm-hmm. and it'll read 9K. And I, and I wound it to 8. And then once it cools down, it'll read somewhere around 8 again. It really fluctuates a lot with temperature. So you ordered an 8K pickup. Sounds like what you got is an 8K pickup. Um, it also, it can make a difference if you're taking the readings right off the coil or if you're taking the readings at the pot or the switch or the jack that can make a little bit of difference too so it sounds like he kind of nailed it i mean at 7.8 on a hot day would read 8.2 probably yeah so yeah it's i would not complain cool thanks jeremy Hello, Eric and Mel. Thanks again for the great show. It is the highlight of my day when a new episode drops. Regarding ways to support the podcast... It makes makes us sound so hip. Yeah. New episode drops. My new album's dropping next week. My new episode dropped. Dropped. Regarding ways to support the podcast, I'll certainly order a set of stickers. There you go. I hope it is also helpful to purchase a download of the fantastic album, Hey Now. (coughs) No, don't buy that. No, don't buy that album. That's not a thing. Hey Now from iTunes. What a cool collection of blues and rock and roll songs. And is that the lovely... Oh, no. Yeah, he's got you. He's incorporated you into this question. How do you like it? And is that the lovely Melissa singing on Break the Spell? Yeah, she's t- she just talks a line, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's me. That was ten years ago. Yeah. Now, that was the year Eric and I met. Mm-hmm. Besides being full of good music, it is fun to hear the bumpers from the show out in the wild. I hope you get at least some reasonable fraction of the cost. I can happily recommend this album to just about anyone. That's nice. Except all of uh, all of you listeners. No, I'm just embarrassed of that album yeah that's from who's that from that's uh, from al from Paulsbo, washington yes. thanks al thanks al that's really nice of you uh here's the deal uh i there's there's records that i've done that are way better than that so um the stuff i'm most proud of is the work i did with the satellite four and you can go to satellite four dot bandcamp.com or whatever it is bandcamp go to Satellite Four's Bandcamp, and you can name your price to download those albums. So you can pay zero dollars, basically, and I think that that will work. Uh, go ahead and download that for free. Those are much better albums. There's three or four of them on there. The Hey Now CD is okay. It's fine. It's just that I sing on it, and I'm really not a singer. And sometimes I get full of hubris, and I think... I can sing. Everybody else does it. Uh, but it's not that good. So, But thank you very much for ordering it. That's very nice, and it's very flattering of you to say that it's good. But I don't think that it is. Uh, and I don't believe that I get anything from that. I don't know who put that on iTunes, because it certainly wasn't me. Hmm. Yeah. And some, a lot of the bumpers are on the, the Satellite 4. Most of the bumpers are from the Satellite 4 CDs. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that, is a, that is a factual statement. So the satellite for people. Yeah, but that's cool. Thanks for ordering it. It's, I'm glad that someone's enjoying it, and I'm sure in an alternate universe, I'm really proud of that album. So thanks, Al. 
That's a weird thing to say. Well, you're weird. Thanks. Thanks for the podcast. Your answers are often illuminating, but also amusing. Here is my problem. I have a Cordoba nylon string 45CO Coco Bolo guitar. Mm -hmm. Can you say that five times fast? Nope. Okay. The face of the guitar right under the center back portion of the bridge had dropped slightly about two millimeters. See attached close-up photo. Mm -hmm. This does not appear to have Mm -hmm. affected the sound and the bridge does not appear to be loose anywhere. Mm -hmm. Inside the guitar under the bridge, I found some small bracing strips. None of them is loose, but none of them is directly under the spot where the face has dropped. I keep the humidity of my guitars in the 40 to 60% range. That's good. So, from my description, does it sound like I need to have another brace added inside the guitar to raise the face of the guitar under the bridge? Does the bridge also have to be removed and re-glued, or can I just add hide glue after the additional bracing is added? Or am I just way off here? By the way, on Cordoba's website, they call this rippling effect telegraphing, but their examples show the drops further back on the face of the guitar. Mm -hmm. That's from David in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. um, He sent some pictures. I really think I'm seeing a gap here on the bridge. I'm seeing just the slightest gap between the D and the G strings and, and a glue line. I'm seeing a glue line on the whole bridge, and it looks to me, this is my guess, it looks to me like the bridge has been off of that guitar. Did he say he bought it new or used? He didn't really say, did he? Uh, It looks to me like what's happened here is the bridge has been off of that guitar, and then it's been glued back on, not really very professionally. So there's kind of a glue line, and then there's a little bit of gap where they didn't, like, they didn't clamp it properly. That's what it looks like to me. It's hard to tell from a picture, but that's what I'm seeing. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. I don't know. You've got the guitar in your hands. Um, But that's what it looks like to me. There's like a a gap there. So what I'm saying is uh, the bridge needs to come back off of that guitar, all that glue cleaned up, and then re-glued properly, and I think you'll be fine. That should actually work itself out. You know, the bridge is a brace. And if you think about it, it's just, it acts as a brace. Right. But it's it doesn't appear to be glued properly in the, in the very middle of this bridge there. So uh, I don't think you have bracing issues. I don't think you have a top issue. I think you need to have your bridge re-glued. That's what it's, that's what I'm seeing in those pictures. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, David. Hey, Eric and Melissa. Oh, you know what? We should take a quick break. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay, we'll be right back, folks. Well, I'm not just doing this show for my health. If you need some help with your guitar, if you have a repair you need some help with, if you have a pickup that needs to be rewound, anything at all guitar-related, just let me know. I would love to help you. People send me repairs from all over the states. Not everybody has a tech in their area. Not everybody has a luthier they can trust. Especially if it comes to something kind of complicated. If, if you're, you know, refretting a vintage guitar or or resetting the neck on a old Martin or something like that. Those are the kind of things you don't want to just trust to anybody. I would love to help you out. Let me know. You can contact me through my website, 
ericdaw.com, or you can give me a call at 208-557-4329. As you may already know, I make custom leather guitar straps. I hand make each strap from start to finish. I start with a hide of some of the finest vegetable tan leather on the market. Each hide is chosen for exceptional quality, color, and grain. If you haven't been to my website lately, you need to check it out. I've got a bunch of new strap designs and colors listed with more on the way. If you don't see the perfect strap, contact me with your custom order idea. Visit malcoleather.com to see examples of custom orders I've done in the past. If you're a dealer, I offer competitive wholesale pricing. Email malcoleather at gmail.com for details. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, Etsy. If you're listening to this, you get 15% off when you enter code FRETFILES at checkout at malcoleather.com. That's M-E-L-C-O leather.com. Hey, Eric and Melissa. Kudos to you two for the awesome podcast. I am always excited when I see a new episode available. Thanks. Here is a question. How do you relic pickup covers, in particular humbucker nickel and gold covers? Any tricks? Many thanks. Gustavo from Boston. Yeah. Thanks, Gustavo. Uh, Nickel, I like to age by suspending over vinegar in a sealed container. So you don't you don't dip it in the vinegar. It just sits above the vinegar and the vinegar fumes react with the nickel and do a very cool uh patina. Uh you'd need to make sure you get all your fingerprints off first. Otherwise what you what you're going to do is etch fingerprints into your humbucker cover. And nobody wants that. Right? Yeah. You can also do the same thing with the gold uh, because there is nickel under that gold and the gold is very, very, very thin plating. So um, same thing there. Uh, Suspend it over vinegar. And what I like to do, I have a little thing that um, it's some little metal bars that are spaced about the same distance as strings would be and uh i put the pickup under that and then take a little bit of scotch bright and you can kind of replicate some wear and you'll get string shadow the other way you can do it if you want to take little tiny strips of tape and put it over where the strings would be uh, and then you can kind of do some wear patterns and when you take the tape off there will be Sections where there's not as much wear, where, cool. the, where the strings would be. Yeah. But that tends to look pretty fake if you use tape. So, mm. But the the hot ticket is suspending it over nickel and then rough it up just a little bit with Scotch-Brite when you're done there. Suspending it over vinegar? Yeah, what did I say? You said nickel. I'm sorry, I'm talking nonsense. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. Suspend it over vinegar in a sealed container. I use... It's like a spaghetti pot or something. It's like a giant, it's a two-piece pot. It has a pot and then it has an insert that's like some kind of colander. Mm-hmm. Put a little bit of vinegar in the bottom. It doesn't have to be a lot, you know, just an inch of vinegar. And then put the colander in and then I 
put my parts that I want to age in the colander and the vinegar fumes just come up through the colander and uh, really do a nice patina on nickel. How long does that take? A day. Wow. That surprises me that, 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 that there's that much fume coming off vinegar. Uh, 5% acidity is vinegar. Wow. So, I mean, it's harmless. You can drink it, you know? Right. But a lot of people use like this crazy, you know, like acid and they use, uh, uh, what's it called? Ferric chloride or they use the, like that acid that people use to etch concrete. What's it called? Sulfuric? Yeah, no, but I can't Boric? remember what it's called. Some kind of acid that's nasty stuff, yeah, that's man. good. Can't drink that. Vinegar is pretty harmless. And I, and it, I actually prefer the way it ages nickel. It, it, gives it a really cool hue, a really cool patina. So try that. Cool. Howdy, guys. I've painted several guitars, all with aerosols from Re-Ranch and Stumac. Mm -hmm. They work pretty well, but I'm ready to try a paint spraying system. Oh. What should I get? Do you have any recommendations? Thanks, Tom. Yeah. He's painted several. So it sounds like this is an ongoing thing. Um, it might be time to invest in a nice paint spraying system. I'll tell you what I use. Uh, I really like it. It's an Earl X 5500 HVLP, which means high volume, low, pre low pressure. So with an HVLP system, the difference is you don't have to use a separate air compressor. It's kind of like a self-contained unit that has a turbine in there and it, uh, it it's like a reverse vacuum. You know, it blows air through this hose. Mm -hmm. Looks like a shop vac hose. And then you hook that up to your your spray gun, your paint gun, and uh, spray your lacquer. Cool. And I like the HVLP. There is... Uh, there's less waste. There's less overspray. And the gun's really pretty easy to clean. You know, the other cool thing is YouTube. If you go on YouTube, there's, you know, if you've never used a paint gun or you're not sure what to get or you're not sure how to use it or how to clean it, my God, there's 10 million videos on there about how to do that. And if you don't buy an Earl X 5500, you buy some other thing, there will be videos videos on there of how to, how to use it and how to maintain it. In fact, a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, these systems come with the DVD that have videos on it and pretty detailed instructions. It's easy to get into, you know, nothing to be too intimidated about. The uh, The thing about it is, though, if you're going to be spraying guitars, if you're going to be spraying lacquer on guitars, uh, the Earl X comes with, I think it comes with a either a 1.5 or a 2 millimeter tip. And that's just too big. Oh, so say. I use uh, You want to order, if you get the Earl X, get a one millimeter tip. And the difference is that it's, that just means that it's um, atomizing the paint much finer. So that you won't get orange peel and, you know, whatnot. You'll be able to make, you'll be able to do a nicer finish with a one millimeter needle. So that's what I would 
recommend if you get the Erlex 5500 or anything else, really, you want a one millimeter needle to be, if you're going to be shooting, if you're going to be spraying lacquer on guitars. Cool. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Tom. Hey, Eric and Mel. I think the fretboard on my Harmony Rocket is either delaminating or was removed at some point for a repair and poorly reinstalled. Should I remove it, clean up the old glue residue and reinstall it, or try to wick glue under and clamp it and hope for the best? I'll include some pics. Thanks for the podcast and answering all my dumb questions all the time. (laughs) That's from Zach in Ohio. And he's... (laughs) He says, also, what's the best way to remove a fretboard? Yeah, that's, that's helpful. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. Zach's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he sent me some pictures. I think what happened here, Zach, I, the, it's hard to tell from the pictures, but it looks to me like what you've got there is a completely replaced fretboard on that guitar. I don't think that's the original fretboard. It doesn't look right. There's something about it doesn't look right. Does it look right to you? You know, when you look at it, I mean, does it does it line up perfectly with the sides? Because it doesn't, the, from the pictures that you sent me, it doesn't look like it's right. And it doesn't look like there's any paint on the edges either. The original fingerboard would have been painted on the sides. It doesn't look right. I think it's a replaced fingerboard. And whoever did it, did a pretty crappy job because there's a giant gap you could drive a semi truck through in between your fretboard and your neck. It's not good. How big is it actually, uh, though? I don't know. You could. I don't know. It looked pretty. <laughs> it looked pretty you big. Could stick your fingernail it in it. Looked like you could stick a guitar pick in there. Wow. Yeah. That's not good. No. Uh, so just trying to wick glue in there and clamp it is not going to do anything. That that needs to come off and redone properly. Which is a drag, but, you know, that's how it goes. Um, To get that off, I don't know what kind of glue they used, but almost every glue reacts pretty well to heat. So what I would do would be to heat up the fingerboard, however you want to do that. Um, I use a, a neck heater. I mean, I have a dedicated neck heating, you know, heat press. It's the same thing I use to press a neck that I heat up a fingerboard with for removal. But guess what? You can use an iron. You can use uh, a hot bulb. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to do it. You just have to get it hot. Be careful you don't damage the finish. Don't get it too hot. Uh, But if you get it hot enough, it will really help soften up that glue so that you can work a very thin spatula in there and start carefully separating the fingerboard from the neck. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Zach. Hi, Eric and Melissa. I noticed that on your website, you offer an option of with or without a string tree for a custom-built guitar. What are the advantages or disadvantages of each option? I never really thought about whether I wanted one or not. I just always had them on my factory fenders, and I didn't know why I would take it off. What's the story, hmm. Brady? Yeah. I actually removed that. So you, if you saw that, you, it must have been a while ago. But um, So do you, are you putting them on or leaving them off? Yeah, I almost always put them on. Here's the deal. I, when, I, when I made that website, I just thought of all the options I could think of. And some dudes, you know, it's only one in 20, uh-huh. are obsessed with taking their 
string tree off. They they hate string trees. You run into these dudes. They're not that common, but they're out there. They hate string trees. They don't want them on their guitar. So I made it an option. Do you want one or not? Now, I've made 140 guitars, and only five dudes said no string tree. So, uh, it's like I say, it's not very common, but it's the guys who want to do a lot of like country, country bending and behind the nut, like B bending kind of stuff. Uh huh. Uh, it's easier to do if the string tree's gone. I think that's the only deal, you know? Uh huh. So usually a guy buys a telly or whatever and they, if you don't want the string tree, you just take it off. But, since it's a custom guitar and you're never if you're never going to use a string tree then you could just order it without one that way there's no hole in the headstock when you take it off uh anyway out of all the people that have ordered them uh nobody since I made the website you know back in the day I never had a website I just people just custom ordered them by calling me on the phone uh-huh. right so since I've had the website nobody has ever ordered one without a string tree but what a lot of guys do is ask me, hey, uh, do I want a string tree or not? I never even thought about it. Why do you have this option on there? And I got sick of people asking me about it, so I just took the option off. And I thought, well, if somebody wants it without a string tree, they're going to tell me. Yeah. So that's the story, Brady. But what what does a string tree do? What's Why it's do you a have string, one? The other name for it is a string retainer. What it does is it exerts downward pressure on the highest strings, the E and B string, downward pressure, because the distance from the nut to the tuners on the high strings is farther. Mm -hmm. So the angle from the nut to the tuner is not as steep, right? Right. So the low E goes over the nut and then right to the tuner, so the angle is really good. Uh The A is pretty good, the D is not as good, the G is worse and then by the time you get to the b and the e the break angle from the nut to the tuner is not that great so you put a string tree on there and that way the angle is from the nut to the string tree instead of the nut to the tuner right i guess that makes sense cool it's just exerting downward pressure on the string to give you better tone cool yeah thanks brady Eric, what is the best guitar polish to use? There is a dizzying amount of different polishes available, and I'm sure you have an opinion on which ones suck and which (laughs) ones don't. Yeah. That's from Gary in Pennsylvania. Well, I wasn't going to mention it, but Martin guitar polish sucks. Oh, dear. It's the worst. Man, you spray it on a guitar, and it's it's like you just went out to your yard and just got a handful of mud. Just rubbed it on your guitar. That's how I polish my guitars. My favorite is Dunlop 65. That's my favorite polish. That's my new band name. Dunlop 65. It's really good. I like it. The other... There's there's a few polishes I use. I don't know if he's talking about like a paste polish, which he might be. Uh, But when I go to... Like if I'm doing a finish repair or if I'm polishing out a new finish and a finish that I've sprayed, right. you know, 
um, I use these Stuart McDonald polishes that I believe they've stopped selling, but I have like a backlog of tubs of these <laughs> giant tubs of polish. But you can get polish like that at any automotive store. It's just the same thing you would use to polish a car. But I, I bet what he's talking about is just the spray and rag thing, you know? Uh-huh. Like you're just maintaining your guitar. You're just cleaning your guitar. In that case, Dunlop 65. The other product that I use that I I quite like is wax. It's Gerlitz number one Carnuba guitar wax. And that's really... That's a really nice wax. You kind of rub it on, let it dry, and then buff it off. Cool. And it really shines up your guitar nice. Nice. Yeah. Yes, those are my favorite polishes. Thanks. Is it Jerry or Gary? I think it's Jerry. Looks Thanks. like Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Hi, Eric and Melissa. Hello from the guitar dungeon, or as my wife calls it, the basement. <laughs> I have a 1964 Silvertone 1448 amp in case model, and mm. I love it so much, but I miss having a bridge pickup. How big of a sin would it be to route it out for a bridge pickup and find a 60s Dan Electro lipstick pickup and make it a dual pickup guitar like the 1449? Will I go right to hell if I do this? <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> Uh, probably. Yeah. John, thanks for the question. That is such a coincidence because I, I have one of these as well and I just put it up on reverb. Wow. Yeah. I'm selling mine. It's the same thing. That's Silver random. tone, 1448 amp in case. Uh, yeah, you could, I don't know, man. It really gives me heartburn to think about you routing this out. Okay, <clears throat> so let's start there. Don't do it. But there you go. if you're going to do it, and you do it right, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I would never, ever recommend you do this on a vintage Fender or a vintage Gibson. Or The guitar you're talking about is worth like $500 on a good day. So, it, and it's also, there's... I don't know how many millions of those they made, but my God, they're pretty plentiful. So it's a very common guitar. It's not in high demand. It's not super valuable. Yes, it is vintage, but it wouldn't be the end of the world if you route it out for a lipstick tube. Don't go routing that out for a humbucker. Right. I'll come find you if you do that. Okay. Watch out, John. Okay, John. But if you're going to put a vintage lipstick tube in there, make sure you put it in the right place. Don't just, don't, you know, just put it where you think it should go. Look at the 1449 and put it exactly where it should go and use a vintage pickup. And I don't think that's the end of the world. Now, that being said, I don't, don't do it. I still don't think you should do it. But if you're going to do it, do it right. Use a vintage pickup and don't put a humbucker or something weird in there. Don't put a P90 in there or something. He says a 60s Dan Electro lipstick He did pickup. say that, but there's other people listening that say, hey, I have one of those. I want to, I've always wanted a P90 in there. Don't, don't heck, don't, <laughs> please, don't, please don't heck up your vintage guitars. I really don't, I have heartburn about saying that he should do this, but. 
We should just edit out the last like yeah. three minutes. It's not the end of the world if you do it, but my God, please do it right. Do it. God. If you're going to do something like that, please do it tastefully. John, just not don't. just. I'm not talking to John. John sounds like he's on the right track here. I'm talking to everybody else that's going to listen to this and say, "Oh yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to stick an extra pickup in my vintage Jan Electro." Don't please, do it. Please, please keep it tasteful. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, Eric and Melissa, I really enjoy the Fret Files podcast. I listen while I work, and I appreciate your honesty about the questionable design of modern guitars. Hey, somebody gets me. Yeah. I like that. I frequently visit the Pinup Custom Guitars website because I'm convinced I have to have one. Wow. I've learned so much about guitars from your expertise. My new favorite listener. (laughs) And look forward to every episode. Keep up the great work, guys. That's from Ryan. Ryan... I love your question. You know why? I don't even have to answer anything. I just have to say thank you. I love it. Thank you. So nice. That's, that is just so nice. So if you would like to participate in the show, I really, I wish you would. We didn't get any calls this, this episode. So give us a call. 757-774-8482. The other way to do it is to go to ericdaw.com. Click the contact link and submit your question or comment there. We'll use it as part of the show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon. Good night.